Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Farm to Fork podcast, episode two. Um, you know, the podcast where we talk about the the day-to-day, you know, the ins and outs, the intricacies of our uh, lovely hospitality industry. Uh, I am your host with the most, Jacob, a.k.a. Lord Riss, a.k.a. Neil Strongarm, a.k.a. Uh, Chef Sexy or Chef uh, Daddy, you know, depending on who you ask. Um, and yeah, you know, before we get into this, I'm just going to, I'm going to get a couple stuff out the way uh, just to start, you know, number one. Um, I'm filming with natural daylight today, so, um, for YouTube watchers, if the, you know, if the, if the lighting gets changed a little bit throughout this, don't worry about that, that's okay, that's, uh, you know, um, yeah, I'm filming with one camera today as well, so bear with me, um, yeah, you know, we're just, uh, we're here, I missed you guys, um, you guys supported the fuck out of the last episode so thank you for that that means a lot for real um like (laughs) way more than i expected if i'm being honest with you so that's really cool it's really cool to see um everybody sharing everybody dming i appreciate you that was really cool so thank you for that um if you're wondering i'm drinking a it's called a french connection let's get a little you know this is a hennessy and grand marnier and if you're wondering like what time of the day it is don't don't worry about that that doesn't matter you know what i'm saying we're just gonna we're just vibing out uh man and them are still on vacation so it's okay you know it's you know what they say it's 5 p.m somewhere thank you <laughs> um so yeah you know i've been meaning to get this episode out a little uh a little sooner but you know things happen i got sick i was i got i don't know I get sick a lot. Like, I don't, it just like, I don't know if I get sick a lot or if I just never completely heal because I'm active and I'm doing things and I, I can't, I don't have time to let a sickness stop me. It sounds like I'm flexing. It's not a flex. It's actually horrible, but you know, um, maybe I just stay sick. Anyway, I was sick when I was supposed to film this. Um, so that wasn't too great. You know, then Valentine's Day came up which was uh which was fun too um so yeah i've been meaning to get this one out but here we are we're doing something different today uh no guest um a lot of you guys uh told me that well that the first episode was great thank you for that um but that i should have uh you know taken a little bit more time to introduce myself you know what i'm all about what i've been doing uh, which, and you're right, you're right. So we're kind of like backtracking here a little bit, you know, we're going to go, uh, back to the source. It's hot as hell in here. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm wearing a hoodie, whatever. Just let it be. Uh, yeah. So we're going to backtrack a little bit today and I'm going to, this episode is about me. <laughs> uh, I love talking about myself. So this is, should be a, you know, a walk in the park type shit. Um, so yeah, like I said in the last episode, I'm going to give you guys a little, uh, before I get into everything, I'm going to give you guys a little, you know, insight into my life presently, what I got going on, stuff like this. So, um, where do I start? Where do I start? 
Um, I am, I, I call it vacation because I'm not like working as hard as I should be. So, but I'm still working. So, but like, you know, I'm on vacation, but I'm working, whatever. Um, I'm in between jobs right now, which sounds like, uh, <laughs> which sounds like, a like, a you know, when someone's broke as fuck and like, they don't have a job and too lazy to go get a job and they're like, yeah, I'm in between jobs. You know, they're, you know, damn well, they're not going to go get a job, but whatever. I'm actually working. So I left my last job to go to a, go to a new place. Uh, it's not a secret anymore. This place is called Nama Omakase. I'm going to have a little pop-up, you know, somewhere here. Um, that's the new, that's the, that's my next step. I'm going to be working with some phenomenal chefs. Um, I'm super, super excited for this new chapter. Um, it's going to be a, it's a, it's a modern fine dining Japanese restaurant. It's going to open, uh, in Vijay. We're looking to open pretty soon. Um, so stay on the lookout for that. If you guys follow me on my Instagram and all my pages, I've been, you know, posting a lot about these things. So keep a lookout for that. Super excited. Um, but this is a restaurant that we're that's being opened up from from the ground up. You know, it's being built right now. So, uh, you know, construction in Montreal gets a little uh, a little techy sometimes. So, the dates are getting pushed back. So, in the meantime, I'm finding I'm doing like a little bit of freelance work here and there. Um, you know, easy stuff, just to just to stay active. You know, just to keep moving not to be at home doing nothing or you know what I mean but also to stay sharp with your skills cuz like like any skill you got to to be on top of your game you know you got to practice that you got to do it often so i'm uh taking this time this little vacation time i'd say to you know sharpen up on some skills and stuff like that you know uh otherwise um well this is <laughs> this is uh this is like completely left from what i'm saying but Shit's been crazy recently. I went to uh, I went to Farmapri the other day, and listen, I'm not like we all know inflation. Yes, it's going, it's happening. Things are expensive, but there's like there's nothing you can do about it, right? What are you gonna do? Like not put gas in your car? You're gonna not buy food? Yeah, it's expensive, but you know whatever. You gotta do it. So I went to buy uh, I went to buy some deodorant. You know what I mean? Um, I'm in the deodorant aisle. I see one. Well, the one that I normally get. Uh, shout out Old Spice. Um, bro, it was ten ninety nine, And I was like, damn, that's crazy. But, you know, whatever. I pick it up and I'm like, I, I, I pick it up. I'm not really one to, once again, it's not a flex. I'm not really one to look at prices because I'm going to buy it anyway, right? Um, <clears throat> so... I uh, I pick it up. I get to the cash. The guy scans it. He says, "You know, this is ten dollars, right?" And then I really like that's when I like that's when I like registered in my head. I was like, "Damn, yeah, it's ten dollars." Um. So, but yeah, I I still bought it, of course, because you know, no choice, bro. It's but it's 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 getting real hectic out here. Um. But you know, whatever. That's uh. It's a part of life, brother. That's a part of life. So, but yeah, that was, 
you can tell how like not busy I've been because that's like an important part of my life. Yeah, that's kind of sad actually. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I also <laughs> um I also went to a restaurant that I've been wanting to go to for a while. Um, I went to Vin Mon Lapin for Valentine's Day with my girlfriend, and it was uh, it was it was crazy. For those of you who don't know, Vin Mon Lapin is um, the number one restaurant on Canada's 100 best. Uh, it's here in Montreal. Yes, uh, shout out to Montreal. That's big. It's huge. Um, Shout out to Marc Olivier Frappier for a wonderful dinner. It was crazy. It was awesome. Uh, everyone knows their stuff, man. It's just like, you know, you get in, you're greeted super nice. You get sat. Your waitress is there. She kn- knows the entire menu, like the back of her hand. Uh, the The wine list is wonderful. Um, if you're more of a cocktail person, they don't have any, uh, co- like they don't have house cocktails. They don't have cocktails, uh, like a cocktail card. So it's really like, wine based hence the name Vain Mon Lapin so it's a wine bar um but yeah uh it was fantastic I uh I have literally nothing to say nothing to say there's one dish that I didn't really like um which was like the it was like a pork head uh coquette which was which in itself was really tasty, but there was like a lot of radicchio on the plate, and I'm like, I hate radicchio. It's too bitter. It's just not good for me. So that was my only problem. I had one of the best desserts I've ever had in my life over there. Um, it was like a buckwheat cake um, with uh, like a buckwheat honey, uh, homemade mascarpone, uh, honey tuile, and it got like served with. Um, with a with a with a with a nice uh, junmai sake, which was really cool. So overall, uh, great experience. I'm really happy. Um, yeah, it, and it wasn't it wasn't even as expensive as I'd expect it to be. To be honest with you, I paid uh, at the end of, at the end of everything. It was four hundred and sixty five, which is like it's just, it, it's cool. I've I've seen more. Uh, so yeah. Um, that's going on with me. Uh, I also recently just accepted a um, consulting job, chef consulting job. Um, crazy, uh, you know. That's it, it. Is what it is. I'm gonna start that uh, sometime this week. Um, but like, like I said, this is all just preparing for Nama preparing for you know that higher level preparing for you know so i want you guys to come on this journey with me it's going to be freaking amazing so so yeah um so we're gonna get we're gonna get down to business you know um like i said a lot of you guys uh a lot of you guys asked me to you know speak a little bit more about myself uh my journey, all the stuff I've been doing, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, we're going to do that. I'm going to start from the beginning. And, yeah. Where do I start? Okay, so, 
let's go all the way back to well how I got my like how I why cooking is a route that I chose and you know um from really young from like since I was a child since I could remember to be honest with you um I've always been around food um I'm talking like three four years old with uh with my grandma with my mom in the kitchen you know they're making food for church they're making they're cooking food every single day and I'm in the kitchen you know not necessarily cooking food as well but just being around it seeing the way it's prepared I'm washing dishes I'm there you know I'm in the process so um that's you know that's a that's my first look at it um I'd watch uh I'd watch a lot of TV as well um the one I remember the most is PBS. PBS, you had a whole bunch of cooking shows on there. Um, and, you know, it's not just, it's not, it's not big chefs, you know. it's There's no Gordon Ramsay's on there. There's no Marco's on there. There's no, you know what I mean? It's like test kitchen stuff, which to me was like even greater because it's super informative. I'm sitting there and I'm watching them make five different kinds of chocolate cake with more cocoa powder, less cocoa powder, more baking soda, less baking soda. And they're showing you the effects. They're showing you what having little or too much of this does, right? So in my head already, I'm gaining a whole bunch of knowledge that I'm not even not even aware of. I mean, it's just like, oh, well, I want the one with, with more baking soda and more cocoa powder because it comes out better. You know, they're telling you why. So you're getting, that's, like, that's super cool. I'm really happy that, that I got there. Um, yeah, and that was, like, that's back in a day where I didn't have the Food Network, I didn't have all these cooking shows, I, I had PBS, that was my shit, that's what I was watching, so, f- from a child, I'm watching these, instead of cartoons, really, you know, um, if I'm staying at home, the cartoons normally start at, like, 3 p.m. when the kids finish school, but I'm not in school, so from, from 12 p.m., to 245 it's cooking shows and i'm watching cooking shows every day waiting for my cartoons to come on so that's like subconsciously it's just going and it's building and it's building fast forward a couple years um and now i have the food network you know and it's literally it's the only channel i'm watching if we're being honest here um I'm with my cousins, with my sister, um, and we're watching. Once again, we're not watching big chefs do these things. Yeah, we're watching some competition cooking, but a lot of it is is home cooks. It's a, it's those broadcasts. It's like, uh, what's her name? Oh, I forgot her name. Anna something. There's Anna something. There's Rachel Ray. Um, there's Michael Smith. There's Ricardo all these guys at home basically teaching you how to cook, how to make a recipe, how to, you know, how to work with these products. And me and my cousin, uh, me and my sister were there and we're, um, you know, we're writing the recipes down and we're making them, we're trying them, we're making donuts, we're making all this shit, you know, just cause it looks cool. And like, this is what we know. This is what we're watching. And it like, you know, who of course who who doesn't want to make their own donuts you know so super super lit 
Um, yeah. And I have a, a very vivid memory. My sister's going to love this one. <laughs> um, me and my sister, we used to, we used to, we, we, we created, we created our own TV show, our own cooking show. We had, it wasn't even Play-Doh, brother. This was, I think it was called Fimo. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it's like Play-Doh, but it's not, I don't know. And we're, we're taking this, we're molding it into like, into meals. We're making spaghetti and meatballs. We're making burgers that we're making by hand, crinkling the lettuce, making tomatoes, all that stuff. Um, and we would present it and get judged on our fake food. It's insane. Um, and then when the FEMO part was done, eventually we ended up with real food. We were in the kitchen making eggs. We were making this. We are making that. We are making bread. Um, so it it became we, that we got a name for the show. It was called Cooking with Carlos. Um <laughs> and yeah and like the catchphrase is cooking with carlos coming in real life which you know what does that mean how do who the fuck is carlos <laughs> who the fuck is carlos nobody knows um but yeah we like we just made this we just made this out of thin air and like i never thought it'd be anything anything more than than what it was you know but that was us. That was that was the that was what we were doing. So, shout out to shout out to Ebbs. Love you. Um, yeah, it's lit. Uh, so yeah, let's fast. Let's keep fast forwarding. Did that for a little while, um, and well, cooking with Carlos was kind of like, well, my it was like my into cooking to making food and stuff like this, you know, um, and it, you know it's little stuff. I'm like chopping vegetables um i'm making eggs i'm making spaghetti uh shout out to my cousin jada by the way um she uh i remember her telling me i i made eggs with her i made eggs for her once and you know this is this is now this is down the line like i made eggs for her when i was what 12 years old she tells me when I'm like 17 or 18 or whatever, when I started like working in kitchens and like actually, you know, doing stuff, she's like, from the day that I saw you make those eggs, I knew you were going to do like some crazy shit because those are like the best eggs I've ever had or whatever. And I was like, damn, that's super nice because it's like, it meant a lot to me, to be honest with you, because like I said, in the time, I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing. So, um, super cool. Uh, Yeah. So now we're fast forwarding a couple years at this point. Now I'm, I don't know if this is like summer to uh, 2013 or 2014. Um, but I spent the summer at my aunt's place. Um, and that was super cool. And that was a huge, huge, uh, like turning point for me because, well, I'm getting older and I'm starting to think about, uh, you know, what I'm going to do with my life. Low key. You know, you at this point, I'm in like, I'm in sec two going into sec three. Um, 
it's when you're in well grade uh I mean grade nine or something. Grade ten is when you gotta start thinking, like really thinking, what am I gonna do? So I'm with my aunt and well, for those of you who don't know my aunt, which is probably none of you guys, um great cook. Fucking great cook. Everything she touches just so good. Uh from food to desserts. And I was like, yo, like I, for me it was just my aunt knows how to cook and that's lit. But then she told me that she went to culinary school. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I'm not exactly sure of the story as if, if she... No, yeah. So she went to do a pastry course, but the pastry course was full. So she ended up doing a professional kitchen, uh, professional cooking um, diploma. Um, and yeah, she's, you know, she's telling me all these stories about her uh, in school, all the cool stuff that she learned, um, you know, stories about her teachers, stories about, you know, all, like all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, damn, that sounds pretty interesting. And she's like, you know, if it's something you want to do, you could look into it. This school here, um, great teachers, they really care about you, da-da-da-da-da-da. So I was like, okay, that's that's cool. I'm going to I'm going to like I'm going to think about that for sure. At the time I was playing uh I was playing trumpet. Um I genuinely thought that that was going to be my um my career. That's how I was going to bring bring home the bacon. I was uh I was playing trumpet. I had I was um Morning, lunch, after school, I was in the music department, uh, practicing, playing with my friends, um, trying to be, you know, the best you can be. And especially like when you realize that you actually can do this, or you have a talent for it, it pushes you even more. So I would go to school. School starts at 845. I'd be at school at 7 a.m. until literally 7 p.m., um, just focusing on music we're doing competitions we're doing concerts we're doing festivals um we got gold we 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 won the gold medal at all our all our competitions in sherbrooke in montreal um in ottawa we won gold in all of our stuff we played uh you know i was in i was in four four bands i believe we played at the um played at the international jazz festival of montreal which is beautiful I got picked to be in a band um, with the best student musicians in in Quebec. Um, there were seventeen of us. I got picked. I got the the honor of being picked, um, which is you know which was a huge moment for me. Um, and yeah, so I really thought this was gonna be uh, you know the way the way that it was gonna go. Uh, I fast forward to being. Um, to being 16 and having to make my choice and I really don't know I have my audition at the Cégep Saint Laurent booked I have my my interviews for um for the Pearson School of Culinary Arts booked on the same day which is crazy um and I have no idea what to do you know so I'm so I have I'm, I'm booking meetings with my guidance counselor and looking back at it I don't know if if it was okay for her to tell me what she like 
I don't know if they're supposed to help you or show you pros and cons in both aspects, but she like dead ass was like, listen, not everyone is going to need you to perform live music for them, but everybody is going to need to eat. And I was like, oh shit, that's very, very true. Very, very true. Meaning no matter what you're going to find, you're going to find work uh, as a cook, as a chef, as someone making food. Whereas a musician, it's not, it's not guaranteed. Um, that day I made the decision. I was like, fuck this music shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go cook. And I'm very, very glad that I made that uh, decision because, well, I know a lot of people in the music industry right now um, who are not, who, well, didn't enjoy what they're did they're not enjoying what they do or a lot of people that went into this and ended up realizing that this was not for them or this was not what it was made to be. Uh, so I'm glad I made my, uh, I made that decision. Um, and yeah. So shout out to my aunt who really like, who planted that bug in me to go to culinary school because I wouldn't, I would not have been where I am today. So Thank you. Um, yeah. I went to culinary school. Uh, I got a wake-up call, for real, for real, for real, at the beginning of culinary school. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Anyway. I was... I went straight out of high school. I got my diploma straight to culinary school. So I'm the youngest kid in the class. I'm 17 years old. Uh, all these guys are the youngest ones are a little bit older than me, but everyone else is, you know, in their thirties and they're, you know, they got kids. Some of them are 28 trying to, you know, pursue their passion, their dream. I'm just like, fuck it. I got nothing else. So I'm like, I'm here, you know, so it's got to work. Um, Yeah. I was not taking it seriously at the beginning. Um, I was still in the high school mindset of, you know, like skipping school or going in when I felt or coming in late. And I would say about two weeks into school, I got sat down with the um, headmaster. I don't know if that's her title, but she's like, listen, uh, if you're if you don't show up to three more classes, we're going to we're going to have to expel you. We're going to have to kick you out of the program and. You know, you're going to, because it's not fair for your classmates or whatever. I was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. <laughs> and then from that day, I was like, you know, I, I'm going to like, I'm going to focus on this and take it seriously. Um, and that's exactly what I did. I was, listen, I don't want to say one of the best in my class, but let's, let's be honest here. Um I think cooking is just a, a whole lot of logic. So, and and it's also knowing when you're, knowing when, knowing when to be, when someone's trying to give you good advice or when they're trying to coach you. And, you know, people saw that I was, the teachers saw that I was young, that I'm 17 and I had ambition and that I really wanted to do this and I wanted to learn. So they were like, you know, they, they helped me out with that. Um, one of my questions is to 
one of the questions for later is to talk about the importance of culinary school. I'm going to get into that a little later. But yeah, um, during my culinary school, I have two stages. So I get to, you know, you get to leave your your school environment and go work in the real world um, with professionals. And I got sun in my eyes. It's crazy. With real professionals and, you know, see how it really is. So that's your your first taste of the real world if you haven't been working in restaurants before. I get my first stage uh, at a hotel. Um, the the sous chef is a guy that had graduated uh, from my program, from my school, a couple years prior. So that was cool to see, for real. It was cool to see that, you know, so quick after school you can get into a position of, you know, of, of, of leadership, of, you know, um, if you put enough hard work in. So that was really cool to see. I did that for, I think it was a month. Um, I got hired there, so that was my in. So while I'm in culinary school, I'm also uh, I'm also working part time. So that was really cool, getting good experience there. Um, my second stage, which was my favorite one actually, uh, I'm gonna say the name. It's called Hopkins. Uh, People from NDG, you guys know about Hopkins. Uh, the real ones know about Hopkins. Hopkins was like, is it's to this day is the greatest restaurant that I've worked at. Unfortunately, they had to close down permanently. Um, but I remember going, uh, going. Uh, where was I going every day? Anyway, I don't. Know, I was I was spending a lot of time on Monklin. Monklin is the street that it was on, and I would always see those guys in their green aprons outside smoking, looking all cool. And I was like, I want to be a part of those guys. So when I got the sta- when I got the chance to stage at a fine dining restaurant, there's literally no place else that I wanted to go. I wanted to go work for work for Liam, uh, learn the most from these guys, and just you know. And that's what I did. Um, sent him an email. Send my send my uh, my letter of I don't know, I don't know what you call it. Just like a letter telling him how bad I want to work for him and stuff. Takes me on as a stagiaire, which is super cool. Um, they ended up hiring me as well after my stage. <clears throat> I worked there for a little bit. Um, in between that, um, these guys all come from uh, a specific restaurant and that they were talking about it for quite a long time. Uh, and I was very, very curious about it. So I went to see what was up with that and I could not hang and it still haunts me to this day, but whatever. Um, yeah. So at this point I'm working two jobs. I'm working two jobs and I'm still going to school. Um, I graduated from school shortly after that. And, and then yeah, for whichever reason, I forgot what reason it was. Well, no, I didn't forget. Um, Liam stepped down from his head chef position at Hopkins. Um, and well, at that point, I didn't really want to work uh, at that place anymore because I really came for him. Uh, so I ended up leaving that place as well. 
Um, so at this point, I'm just working full time at the at the at the first hotel. Um, and then, well, my life kind of gets put on halt. Uh, I get appendicitis, which is not cool at all. That shit fucking hurts so bad. Um, I didn't know what it was. I had no idea. I thought it was a UTI. I don't know. Um, hunched over. I couldn't walk, couldn't do anything. Um, it's a little parentheses. They take, they, 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 they took my appendix out and it burst as they were taking it out. And apparently if that bursts inside you, you can die. So I almost died. Um, yeah, shout out to, shout out to that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so that wasn't, that wasn't too cool. Uh, uh, so I leave, uh, I'm on like, I'm on, I'm on leave of absence, um, for quite a little while. I get back to work. So I'm on leave of absence. And then I fall into my vacation because it was like, this is around my birthday, I think. I'm not sure, actually. But I fall into some kind of vacation as well. So I'm not working at the hotel. At this point, I get a I get a phone call from my buddy Mustafa, who is working at another hotel. Um, and he calls me, for, uh, my friend from culinary school. And he says, like... He, we need a, we're looking for a chef de party at, at the hotel. Uh, I gave them your name. So if you want to come work, let's do it. You know, I was, I was really stoked because, well, it was a super nice looking hotel. Um, you know, I get to be, I get to come in as a CDP, which is super cool. Get to, you know, there's two restaurants in there. In, the, in that hotel, there's a French brasserie and there's a Japanese restaurant. I have no experience. Well, I have s- barely any experience in a Japanese restaurant. I have, like, I understand the basics, but, you know. Um, so I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to come work at the brasserie and it's going to be super dope. I give my two weeks at the, at, the, at the hotel. I start working with my buddy Mustafa. Um... But what I didn't know is that they had different plans for me, and they put me in the Japanese restaurant. So that was uh, that was new for me, you know. I wasn't just there uh, slicing onions or chopping green onions. I was there actually like put me in it. So I stayed there for for quite a while. I stayed there for a total of four years. Um, I started off as a chef de partie. Worked my way up to sous chef, um, and eventually uh, chef de cuisine, which was super big for me. I became, uh, well, the youngest chef in hotel history um, at 22 years old. Um, still super, uh, you know, it was... Looking back at it, um, it was, some people would say it was very early, which, you know, a chef at 22 years old, you don't really see that, uh, ever, to be honest, you don't see that ever. Um, but the things I was doing, the things that, you know, it, if you saw, you would understand. 
<laughs> As I can't put it I can't put it into into better words than that. If you know, you know. Um so that was super cool. I remember like the before becoming a sous chef uh, before like realizing that I that it was an attainable goal for me. Um I was well working alongside some other chefs who were at least twice my age with with three times three four times the experience that you know that I had and I see us gunning for the same position um it scared me and it motivated me at the same time because on one hand I'm like okay dope I'm at this point I'm 20 I'm 20 years old or I'm 19 years old and this guy is damn near 50 and we're gunning for the same spot which means that I'm super super um advanced for my age i'm at a level where i'm at a very very high level higher than the people around me higher than if i can you know if if we can both be gunning for the same spot then it means that i'm doing something right but also the the part that scared me was like this guy's 50 and he's potentially losing his spot to a 19 year old is this is is this is this is this is this is like the ceiling is this the cap is this uh where i'm going to be when i'm 50 is is fighting against a 19 year old for my for my spot as a chef um so it made me think it made me it really made me think but yeah i it was an opportunity i couldn't i couldn't uh let slip through my fingers um just because yeah everybody you know everyone when you're doing this everybody's different of course but your dream is to be a chef. Your dream is to run a kitchen, have a team. Um, and yeah, I guess it was, well, by default, kind of. I had my my head chef at that point. Um, he was he was, he was burnt out. He was burnt out. He went on vacation. His 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 old sous chefs um, let him down. He go on vacation. Everybody quit. Everyone left. I was the one that was still there standing, grinding it out. Um, he came back to a new team. Um, you know, no chefs. While he was gone, who was the one taking care of shit? It was me. When he was burnt out, he taught me a lot, of course. he. I think he, well, he was grooming me for the position of, like, you know, looking back at it. Um but I had to handle a lot of stuff. Just as a CDP, just as a chef de partie, I was doing basically the chef duties. Um, not to the best, obvious, to the best degree, because, well, I didn't really have training in this. But the more as more as time progressed, I was like, yeah, I got the hang of this. I can do this. Um, so, yeah. I forgot to mention that before this. Well, during this time, actually, I'm also freelancing. I'm working for the... Uh, for the Joe Beef guys are doing catering and stuff like this. So that was uh that was cool. I got to work with uh a fine bunch of guys um who taught me a lot as well. And those guys are hard as fuck. They'll tell you like if you're if if you're messing up or doing something wrong, they'll tell you. Uh so that was really cool to have that kind of experience under my belt. Anyway, um 
so yeah, I I became chef at 22 years old. No, 21. How old am I? I'm 23. Yeah, I became chef at 22, but sous chef was at 21. Um, no, that's not right. Yes, that's right. Sous chef at 21. Chef de cuisine at 22, and then, and then yeah, you know. So I was there a total of four years. Um, I got to meet a lot of really fun people, fine people, uh, create menus. Um, you know what I mean? Build a team, train guys, do all that stuff that you, that you dream of doing. You know what I mean? Um, during my tenure as head chef, uh, restaurant, we went for, we were number 30 on TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor is a, well, you guys know TripAdvisor probably, um, it's like Yelp. It's like, uh, I don't know the other ones, but it's a reviewing app that, you know, tourists, they use when they're, uh, vac- Jesus, I can't speak vacationing, uh, throughout the world where to go eat. Where's the best restaurant? So when I became head chef, we were number 30. Um, and in about, <clears throat> in about four months, four or five months we hit number the number one spot on TripAdvisor so that was super that was cool and that was you know just another uh kind of another indication of like you're good you got this because no matter what um especially becoming a chef at such a young age you know being in a place where guys of being in a place where guys are envious of you um, or you have guys that don't think you deserve the spot, or you have a you have a chef that he went through this and it took him twenty years to get where he was getting to. So you being in that spot, you don't deserve it, and you're a piece of shit, or whatever, whatever. You got to dealing with all of that is gonna kind of uh, it's gonna kind of impose like some imposter syndrome on you. Um, you feel like you're like you like you like you don't deserve your spot or it's all luck or you know you're not as good as you think you are which first of all you're not as good as you think you are you're never as good as you think you are when i wanted to be head chef when i was sous chef and it took me uh a year and a half to get it i needed that year and a half to actually practice and train cuz if i had jumped immediately into being head chef i would have drowned and i it wouldn't have been well so you're not as good as you think you are, but you're on the right path, you know? So getting back to the trip advisor, that really helped that like solidified in me that like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Um, you know, this shit, like it, it's working now. What pushed me to, to do this podcast as well, um, was the fact that like, you know, being a head chef at 22 years old, yeah, you make history. Yeah, you're the first one to do it. Yeah, it's amazing. But if you don't do anything with that, you're just going to be another 40-year-old chef at this random place that used to be chef when he was 22. But there's nothing more. So you have to take this. You got to use this as a as a stepping stone, as a platform. And then you got to branch out and do what you got to do. I spent four years at that last Japanese at that last Japanese restaurant, which for some people 
it's too long to spend at one place. If you're not going to settle down and, you know, do your career there, you shouldn't be spending four years at one place. For me, it was different because I was still progressing during that time. I, was, I wasn't just stagnant, chilling there, not doing anything. I was progressing. I was learning. I was seeing new things, figuring, every, figuring everything out. So it's a little different in my situation. But yeah, like I said, you're 22, you got to do something with it. You got to go work with the greats. You got to travel. You got to get your name out there. You got to do all these things. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of people also think that if you're a cook, and I'm talking to all the cooks out there, they think that if you cook, and that's the only thing that you can do, or that's the, you know, the only goal that you can work towards is being the best chef in the world, being a mission star chef. Sure. Who doesn't want that? I know I want that personally, but it doesn't mean that it's not it, it, it's not the the same path for everybody. Because I know some rock stars, guys that I work with that I go to fucking war with, great cooks, great personalities, great people. But let's be honest, you're not mission star level. Of course, you're not going to be mission star caliber right now. But you can see this kind of thing. You can see the drive and the passion, and well. Sorry, but the age plays plays along into it too. If you're 35 and you're working at this place, the odds of you becoming a mission star chef, uh, it's significantly lower than the the same ambitious 18 year old kid who is, you know what I mean. So you got to watch out for that stuff. Um, yeah. It led me to this this thought process led me to this podcast as well in the sense of how do I not how do I get my name out there? Because if you know me, you know that I wanted to start a podcast for a very, very long time. Um, I just didn't know about what what it like what it could be about or, you know. But I really wanted people to see my face, um, know my story, also know know what what I what we go through on a daily basis, or you know. But what really, really got me into starting this podcast uh, was the bear. Uh, for you, for for those of you who don't know, um, the bear is a show on what's well, on Disney Plus. Um, about, uh, you know, he's the best chef in the world. <clears throat> he goes and he takes over his brother's restaurant, which is, um, a, you know, it's a local, a local restaurant that serves sandwiches and stuff like this with a team of like, you know, older people or people who don't really have that classical training, the same kind of training that he has as, you know, the number one chef of the th- highest or best restaurant in the world. Um, and it just shows, you know, the everyday process, the everyday life that you got to deal with in a kitchen, outside of the kitchen, uh, your familial situation, um, situation with girlfriends, uh, money, all that stuff. Um, 
a lot of chefs can't watch the show. They say it gives them PTSD. Me, I loved it. I loved it because, well, I got my show. You know what I mean? I got a show that I can finally relate to. I have, uh, you know, I have friends that are lawyers, so they watch Suits because Suits is their shit. I have friends that are nurses, and so they watch Grey's Anatomy. I never had that show as a as a cook or as a chef. So the bear coming out was like, oh, damn, it's a show that I can, you know, that I can relate to or that, like, if I, do, if I want my friends to understand what I'm going through, watch the bear. But what got me was that, like, a lot of people got into the bear. Um, people that have no no ties to the culinary world, besides they might know they have, might have some friends, but these are regular people watching the bear and enjoying the bear and liking the bear. And I was like, yo, that's really cool. Like, people are, you know, taking an interest to our lives. Um... But now it goes so much deeper. It goes. It, 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 there's so much more. Um. So yeah, I was like, "That's it. This is, that's it. How can I get more people to have their eyes on what we're doing? This podcast. This is. You know what I mean. I get a whole bunch of people from, from all over. You know, I call it farm to fork because it's a process of. You know, the entire process of your food coming from a farm, being transported, being transformed, being cooked, being served. It may seem like nothing, but it's such a huge fucking process that involves a lot of human beings, a lot of human interactions, um, and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Like, this is not an easy, it's not an easy um, field. I'm not saying that any field is easier than another, but this one especially, you have so much to, you got so many things that you have to keep um, in your mind. Um, and it's all, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really tough. So if I can, sh- if I can show an insight on this for me, like I did my part and I did what I needed to do. Uh, so that's how we got here. Um and yeah, that's that's my story. I don't think there's much that I left out. Uh, no, that's it. That's it. Um, not not the longest story, but you know we're still continuing. I am 23 years old. I started I started cooking when I was 17. I'm not good at math, so I'm not even gonna bother do that on camera. It's like, what seven years that I've been doing this. Uh, took me seven years to become a chef. Um. And yeah, we're just, you know, we're doing the thing. We're doing we're we're doing it. I don't see myself doing anything else. I love this. I love this shit to be honest with you. Just like I know it sounds cheesy, but just doing what you love, you know what I mean? I don't see myself sitting at a desk fucking writing emails all day. Well, <laughs> actually, that's one other thing that I want to get into. There's a misconception about um, is it a misconception? People think chef. First of all, a chef and a cook is not the same thing. Let's just let's just separate that now. Chef and a cook completely not the same thing. But what I noticed, or what you realize when you're in when you're in the field, is that the higher you climb this ladder, the less and less you get to uh, touch the food. Being 
like food is no longer your number one priority. Let's say you want to open your own restaurant. Forget that. You're not you're not cooking. You know what I mean? Even becoming a chef de cuisine or an executive chef. Sure. Yes. You're in a restaurant. So necessarily you're going to be involved with the food. But it's not your number one priority. Your number one priority is, you know, it's 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 making sure that the ship stays afloat. You're focused on ordering. You're focused on scheduling. You're focused on maintenance. Um, you're focused on food costs. You're focused on, you're focused on labor cost. Um, and, you know, especially if you're in, let's say, a hotel setting. Now you have bosses and directors and all these different um these different sectors in this one hotel that you got to pay that you got to keep in mind so that's very very important if you want to become a chef you have to understand that food is not your number one priority if you want to cook food for the rest of your life there's no problem with that but you're going to be a line cook you're going to be a chef de partie you're going to ha- you're not going to have to worry about Oh fuck! This guy called in sick today. What are we gonna do? Or this guy hurt himself. You gotta fill it. You gotta file documents. Fill up. Fill in paperwork. Do all these things. Find replacements. Uh, you know what I mean. So that's uh, something to look out for for sure. Uh, what else do we got here? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to get into the Q&A portion of the show. I don't want to keep you guys for too long because I know know y'all motherfuckers are busy. You got shit to do. So do I. Just joking. Well, yeah. Um, (laughs) So during every episode, I like to do this little segment where I ask you guys to, you know, send in questions or send in topics that you guys want me to you guys want me to talk about during the episode and well y'all sent some questions and actually um so i'm gonna pick out some interesting ones i don't know if i should say the names um no i'm not gonna say the name ah, i'm gonna say the name So the first question comes from Jelaine and she asks, sorry, let me just get this up here. How do you stay motivated in a kitchen? Um, me personally, it's not, it's not hard. It, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to do what we do. Super physical environment. Uh, you're working long hours on your feet, standing, you're in pain, you're hurt, you developed an alcohol addiction. Um, <laughs> you, like it, it, It's hard to do this on a regular, consistent basis. But for me, it's simple. The way, the way I motivate myself is I think about, first of all, how far I came. Because, you know, it's important you look back. I'm not saying you should dwell on the past, but you got to look back and be like, damn, I like I did this. I'm here no matter where you are. You're for sure further than where you started. Right. So 
looking back where you um where you came from is super important um also for me it's and it's knowing it's all it's it's knowing where you're going you have that goal in mind or so if your goal is to open up this restaurant or it's to go be a chef in Spain or it's you know what i mean it's knowing that no matter all the hardships you're going to go through there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel um that's super important we tend to focus a lot on the present which you know live in the present for sure but know where you're going know where you came from um that's that's the way that's the way for sure um this one comes from chef gregory he's someone i want to have on the show uh so chef you know uh <laughs> he asks um what do you think of the future of our industry with artificial artificial intelligence coming up that's an interesting one for real um because it's 50-50 so i know for 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 service we're already seeing it there's a restaurant here in uh in montreal i don't know the name i think it's like like a korean barbecue place but i think they have a robot literally coming out with your food from the kitchens coming out with your food and like you you know what i mean which is which is if there's something i can see ai doing it's this it's like being a server I'm not saying that a server job is not hard but to run a plate from here to here anybody can do that now when we're talking about food i think it's a little different because if you're programmed to do this you have a zucchini you're programmed to turn it into a into a into a into a small dice or a medium dice not all zucchinis are shaped the same so are you going to have is it going to have trouble um adapting itself to like nature do, do you program that i don't know but i don't see how you can like this robot can cook a steak perfectly uh, like a perfect medium rare steak when steaks uh vary from all shapes and sizes you know what i mean definitely in the fine dining world um i don't see it happening i don't see ai really having a a place there but if we're talking about a mcdonald's where it's fucking dropping fries or it's flipping burgers it's flipping patties or assembling patties yeah for sure i think that's going to that's like that's taking over because it's just it's just easier that way <laughs> you know what i mean it's just like i always said that the hardest part of of managing it's not the food you know it's not making tasty food it's not making pretty food um it's like having to deal with a, another human being because they're so irregular and they're so they have emotions and they have you know what i mean you can't you you, you cannot control another human you can, you can control an ai so i think for fast food places it's definitely something we're going to be seeing uh 
popping up pretty soon. So keep an eye, keep an eye out for that because yeah. Next question comes from my friend Gandhi. He asks, uh, what's your, what's my favorite spice or cut of meat right now? Um, What's my favorite spice? What a weird question, bro. <laughs> it's not something I think about. I love cumin. I love cooking with cumin. I think cumin is like super gas. Um, smoked paprika has a special place in my heart. I love smoked paprika. Thyme. Um, yeah, thyme. I love fresh thyme, dude. Oregano. Super fire. My favorite cut of meat, um, depends. Favorite to work with, favorite to eat. I love a, I love a, a strip loin. To be honest with you, um, a nice strip loin is, uh, you can't beat it, dude. You can take off the fat, you can keep the fat, you can make, you can make a lot. You have a lot of choice, uh, with a strip loin. So that's really cool. Dry aging, it's a fantastic piece of. Uh, fantastic piece of meat just all around i'd say a strip loin it's pretty fire uh yeah okay next question this is an interesting one um it's from my friend cena and he says to well he asked to talk about um the effects of well alcoholism and drug use in the professional cooking world or the just hospitality actually um this one this is one that i'm gonna actually uh have an episode more centered around but really quick well first of all i don't know what time it is (laughs) i'm not an alcoholic don't get me wrong i'm not I i don't think i'm an alcoholic actually but You got to understand that we live um, a completely different lifestyle than than anybody else. Do you know what I mean? The pressure that we're put through on a nightly basis or on a daily basis is is too much. Like realistically, it's too much for like any sane human being is like, I'm not putting myself through this. I'm not working 14 hours a day for six days in a row. Like, do you know what I mean? But as a cook, it's just kind of like programmed in your head that like, this is what you do. This is the, this is, this is the job. Um, so where am I going with this? At the end of your 14 hour day. Okay. You have all this energy in your body. Cause you're a night owl. Let's say you work, you work a night shift. So you, and we're going we're we're going to be nice here we're going to say you work from 3 to 11 if you work from 3 p.m. to 11 actually you still got time in your day okay let's say you work from 12 to 12 which is shifts that you see a lot or 10 to 12 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. all this energy in your body at the end of your night what are you going to do after work you're going to go home and sleep no 
You have all your friends are here. You don't have like your regular friends. You don't have those anymore. Your homies that you know from all this, you don't have those anymore because you don't have time to see those guys. So who are you with? You're with your brothers from work, from the line, the guys that you go to war with every fucking night. You know what I mean? You guys had a great service. You guys did 450 clients that night. You want to celebrate or you want to reward yourself. Yeah, you're going to go out for a beer. You're going to go out for a beer. And well, any self-respecting person knows that. You don't go out for just one beer. That one beer turns to two. The two turns to four. And then little do you know, it's 3 a.m. And you just close the bar. And you're like, oh, fuck. I got work in seven hours. Oh, well, you go home. You do it all again. And you do it all again. And then you do it all again. What happens then? You're tired. You're super, super tired. Um, no, no. Let's 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 dial it back. It's three a.m. You get home. It's three forty-five. It's almost four a.m. You don't know what to do. You can't sleep. You smoke weed. Now you smoke weed every night to go to bed, or you wake up and you and you're fucking jittery because you're I don't know. You gotta smoke. You gotta you gotta smoke weed to calm yourself down. I don't know. Uh, this is not me personally. I don't, you know. Or what happens is you have work every day at 10 a.m., but you party until 3 a.m. every night. What are you doing to, realistically, what are you doing to stay up and party until 3, 4 a.m.? You're doing other illicit things that I don't know if I, sh- if I can talk about on YouTube. With I don't, I don't know. Um but there's that there's that booger sugar going around. You know what I mean? People are people need this. It's like espresso coffee is not enough for you to get through your shift. First of all, if you need if you need that to get through your shift, then like you got a you got a problem, my brother. Uh get that checked, you know? Um But yeah, it's just like there's like just like the snowball effect. Like when you start you're just going to fucking go down that hill. You need to have a super duper strong mental to to do this job. Because, well, first of all, just through the, the hardships of the work, you need to, you know what I mean? But then there's the peer pressure. There's all the other stuff that comes with that. Oh, you don't want to come out. You're a fucking pussy. Oh, this guy doesn't like us. People will literally not like you if you're like after work. You want to go home and sleep because you have a big day tomorrow. They're going to be like, yo, this guy doesn't fuck with us. He's not cool. No, 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 no. Which is, that's peer pressure. So you got to seriously watch out for that shit because it can, it can bite you. It can bite you in the butt. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um... The last question, I have this in my Google Docs, actually, which is not here. Well, I spoke about this one in the beginning of the show. Oh, I fucked up. Oh, oh, that doesn't matter. Um, I spoke about this one more to towards the beginning of the show. Someone asked the importance of culinary school. Do you need it? Do you not need it? How does it work? Is it a proper... Um, 
view of the restaurant world. I'll say this. First of all, it's super 50-50. You're going to have... Sorry. You're going to have a bunch of people saying, don't go to culinary school. You don't need that shit. Everything that I've learned is in the field, which, sure, fine. You know what I mean? And those guys are normally beasts. Super good. They learn like trial by fire. They just got thrown into the busiest part of the night. And they're like, yo, keep up. If that's the way you want to learn, fine. Me personally, like I said, since I'm a kid, I love learning why. Why things work the way they work in the kitchen. Why can I not heat this to this temperature? What is the chemical reaction that happens here? Boom, 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 boom. And that's the kind of stuff you learn in culinary school. You learn square, proper. This is the way to do it. You know what I mean? Um, your station, you're going to have this huge table with like three garbages around you. Uh, this is for your compost, for your scraps, this is for your this. Finished products over here. Yes, in a professional world, in a, in a, in a real life setting, this is maybe not... Um, sustain like a sustainable practice. You're not you normally you don't have the most space in the world. Uh, do you know what I mean? But it teaches you to walk before you run. When you don't go to culinary school, you go straight to restaurants. You hit the ground fucking running. You know what I mean? You're learning everything on the fly, and that's. Not for me. That's not the way that I want to do things. It's not the way that I think that you should learn. Um, you gotta, you gotta walk. You gotta walk before you run, and that's what it is. Um, now, like I said, it's a little. Uh, it can be surprising to you. It will be surprising to you when you get into a real restaurant. After, for example, a service in culinary school. Um, it lasts two hours. You guys are, you're 20 people in your class and you got three stations, okay? You have appetizers, you got mains, you got dessert. So you split up 20 people for those three sections. In the appetizers, you know, you got two dishes. In the mains, you got three dishes. For the desserts, you got uh, two or three, plus you got bread, Still, for 20 people, that is a fucking walk in the park. A 20-person service, you're doing one thing. That one thing is going to be perfect, but you're doing one thing. In real life, you can work two stations, three stations by yourself. Uh, they don't prepare you for that. <laughs> They don't prepare you for that whatsoever um, because they can't. They cannot afford to to have one person doing five things because then your other 19 students are looking for work to do. So that's something you got to keep in mind. After that, you, you learn things like I said the proper way 
you have multiple teachers who are there to watch you and help you grow. Um, recipes that you keep forever, methods that you keep forever. You know what I mean? If I go ask this guy who, um, who, who did not go to culinary school, like, uh, make me a mayonnaise right now. Or make me a fucking, I don't know, a tartar sauce. Make me a demi-glace. Make me a Bordelaise sauce. If he hasn't seen this, he's just not going to know how. Whereas me, you tell me, you ask me how to make a sauce marchand de vin. Okay, maybe I've never, maybe I've never made this sauce before, but I know how to make a demi and I know I know the base of the sauce, which means that I could do anything. Make me a pistachio creme brulee. Well, I've never made a pistachio creme brulee, but I've made a regular one, so I I know where I'm headed. That's uh, you know, that's what I think about that. I don't think it's it's not necessary because people do people are self taught and they do very well in the industry. But I think going to school gives you that edge. It really gives you an edge on um, on your people around you. And also, another misconception about culinary school is that you're only cooking or you're just every day you're in a kitchen. I've spent maybe half of my culinary school in a class, in a classroom, sitting down, writing, taking notes, uh, you know, doing MAPAC exams, doing this, doing that, costing. Uh, these guys don't know how to cost. They don't know how to cost for sure. They don't know Make me a dish. Yeah, they're going to make you a dish. You're going to put lobster, scallops, this, this, that. A dish that you'd have to sell at like $90 to make profit off of. Because they don't know. They don't know. It's it's a lot more than cooking. And especially if you're in Canada. Fucking go for it. What, your culinary school is, is a, a year and a half? It's going to cost you, what, $5,000 less? If you're an international student or you're, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's 20 something K. Maybe you got to, you got to think about it a little bit more, but brother, uh, for me, it's a no brainer, especially if it's something that you want to do, you want to go far in this. Why not put all the eggs in your, in, in, in the same basket? You know what I mean? Uh, that's how I feel about that. Um, Yeah. Do I have another question? I just, I kind of I kind of fucked up. Uh, kind of messed up here. Uh, yeah, I messed that up really bad. How did I do that? I feel like I'm like one of those old motherfuckers. Like I just don't know how to operate technology and shit. Um, well that's it, guys. That's it. That's that's all for today. Um, I don't know how long it was to be honest, but I hope it wasn't too uh, wasn't too long. Um, thank you guys for, for listening. Thank you guys for, you know, being honest with me and telling me that I should do an episode like this, where I should, you know, introduce myself and my concept and everything. Um, I'm hoping that you guys enjoyed it. Um, if you do (laughs) like, share, subscribe, (laughs) that's lame as fuck. Um, you know, just keep showing love. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate the support. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, it really means a lot to me. Next episode, I'm going to have something special for you guys. So keep, uh, 
keep uh keep on the lookout i know like i only got one problem i'm gonna be honest with you is well consistency i think i'm a consistent person in my everyday life but to do something like this where it takes you know setting up and it takes finding the right time and it takes editing and it takes this with a busy schedule like this is uh um super hard to do super like i had to take a day off of work for this you know what i mean like yeah um consistency in a busy in a in a busy lifestyle is is something to uh i don't know what i, I don't know where i was going with that that's neither here nor there what is here is me um <laughs> i don't know i'm getting I'm, i'm getting off track thank you guys um i'll see you soon much love love you that's that's that